Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Big meeting at the White House talking about Ukraine funding, talking about the border. Oh, Chuck Schumer and Hakeem Jeffries, who leads the Democrats in the House. The Republicans have to stop with this border talk and they have to give the money to Ukraine right now. The Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, seeing it a little bit differently. About the meeting with the president. Thank you all for staying. We had a, um, a, a couple of meetings there. It was uh, frank and honest. I think we need more frank and honest conversations on Capitol Hill. So I was happy to participate in this. We did uh, that as a group. And then I had a uh, one-on-one for a period of time with the president, just he and I in the Oval Office. Uh, let me say this. When I showed up today, my purpose was to express what I believe is the obvious truth, and that is that we must take care of America's needs first. When you talk about America's needs, you have to talk first about our open border. I've been, I believe, in uh, maybe 20-something states over the last several weeks, going around the country, uh, appearing at events with my colleagues, and we're hearing from the American people of all parties and all persuasions in all cities and all states who feel this acutely, they understand the catastrophe at the border is affecting everyone. And it is top of mind for all the American people for that reason. So I brought that issue up repeatedly today in that room and and again one-on-one with the president. I think that's our responsibility uh, to bring that up. The other big priority for our country, of course, is the funding of our government. And we have been working in good faith around the clock every single day for months and, and weeks and over the last several days quite literally around the clock to get that job done. We're very optimistic. I I hope that the other leaders came out here and told you the same. We believe that we can get to agreement on these issues and prevent a government shutdown. And that's our first uh, responsibility. Uh, You also heard, I'm sure, that there was um, discussion about the supplemental uh, spending package. And uh, I was very clear with the president and all those in the room that the House is actively uh, pursuing and uh, investigating all the various options on that. And we will address that in a timely manner. But again, the first priority of the country is our border and making sure it's secure. I I believe the president can take executive authority right now today to change that. And I told him that again today in person, as as I've said to him many times, publicly and privately over the last several weeks. It's time for action. It is a catastrophe and it must stop. It is unreal to hear somebody say something so obvious And have other people say, well, you know, I don't know. Oh, how could you? Is there any question? Is there any question that securing the border is first? The idea that there is a question is insane is is a sign of of just it, it's it's not even ignorance it's purposeful hatred it is what it is it is hateful hateful to to, to, to state that the border doesn't come first. 
It's absolutely insane. Just as a matter of the, the most basic conversation we could all have amongst ourselves. The idea that the speaker, Mike Johnson, has to say this and other people can think to object is just out of control. And then you take a look at where the cable news is, whether it's the MSNBCs or the CNNs. Republicans don't know what they want about the border. They passed legislation months ago. Go take that up. But this is about Republicans not knowing how to fight. They don't know how to fight. They don't know how to punch back. They don't know how to push. What Mike Johnson should have said is, I spent time in that meeting, and we don't disagree that Ukraine is up against a brutal, brutal enemy in Vladimir Putin and the Russians. But what the hell is wrong with these people that they won't secure the southern border? Nothing is stopping Joe Biden from doing so. And if Chuck Schumer and Hakeem Jeffries and Mitch McConnell had gotten off their butts and told them to secure the border, we'd be in a better place. But they don't do that. They would be better off if they passed our legislation, House Bill 2, but they don't do that. I have no idea why these three don't give a good holy damn about the southern border. But honestly, to hell with them. I'm going right to the American people. Start pressuring these people day in and day out. Who the hell does Joe Biden think he is anyway? Nothing. Absolutely, positively, nothing. Meanwhile... I'm told that this guy has got everything under control. Also, we need to, uh, we, we need to, in terms of supplemental, we need to deal with the Israeli portion. I have no idea what he's talking about. He's got note cards in front of him. He still cannot complete a sentence. And God forbid anybody, uh, reporter in the room there wants to ask a question. Of reporters being thrown out of the room by Biden staff. Man, Biden loves this. Loves it. He's smiling from ear to ear. Chuck Schumer smiling from ear to ear. Loves it when 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 the press is just screaming these questions and uh well, he doesn't he doesn't have to answer. <laughs> Look at I. Oh, it's gross. Gross. If Republicans were stronger, they would be putting much more pressure on people like Joe Biden, and they wouldn't worry about being kind. This is Eric Adams, the mayor of New York. Those small numbers that are committing crimes, 
We need to modify the uh, the sanctuary city law that if you commit a felony, a violent act, we should be able to turn you over to ICE and have you deported. It is a right to live in this city, and you should be you should be not committing crimes in our city for doing so. Right now, we don't have the authority to do so. Can we discuss why it is that Republicans aren't immediately capitalizing on this? And saying, look at Eric Adams recognizing the failure of sanctuary cities. We told you from the beginning that these sanctuary cities were nonsense, that they were garbage, that they were lies, that they were fraud. We said we should not even allow federal funding to these cities that won't work with immigration and customs enforcement. And now look at them, all recognizing that all their policies, all their plans, all their philosophies and attacks on us were a bunch of garbage. We told you, voters, they lied through their damn teeth, and they allowed your city to go to hell in a handbasket. They were thrilled by it, overjoyed with being sanctuary cities. When the mayor of Philadelphia was able to get the the city to be a sanctuary city, He did a little dance. He did a little dance. I don't don't know if you recall this. This is going back a a, a few years. It was Kenny, right? Mayor Kenny, James Kenny. And and Philadelphia makes this decision. And it was a a Twitter post. A sanctuary city, yeah. And he's, he did a little dance. You want to spend time in Philadelphia? It's like that, that, that old joke, a guy goes on a, on a game show and, and wins a first prize and first prize was a, a week in Philadelphia. And what, what was second prize? Two weeks in Philadelphia. And people in Philadelphia be like, Hey, Oh, Oh, Hey, let's look. Okay. Calm down, all right? All right? A cheesesteak is a fine addition to American culture, but everything else, woe up a little. Right? Don't take credit for, uh, for uh, you know, the Liberty Bell. Y- you cracked the thing. We see you. Sanctuary city. Overjoyed. Where are, Where is the political right to hold these psychopaths responsible? And where are they to say to Eric Adams, we told you. Where are they to say to the people in New York, we told you. You didn't listen. You've been suffering and suffering and suffering. Why do you vote for these jerk faces? What in the world is wrong with you? I'm only having a discussion of how to actually fight how one should fight and how important it is to do so. It shouldn't, it, it should not be this hard. It should not be this difficult. Yet somehow the political right still hasn't figured out how to do it. Still hasn't figured out how to just get in someone's face. Hasn't said to Hakeem Jeffries, no one wants to hear your MAGA hateful crap. House Bill 2, go tell Chuck Schumer to vote on it. 
And if not, why don't you go tell all the people at the border why you're okay, why you are okay with the sex trafficking and the kids dead from fentanyl poisoning. Go on, Akeem Jeffries, tell them. It, it boggle, boggles the mind. That said, a uh, nice big meeting at the White House and nothing is going to get done about it. Absolutely nothing. The Ukraine funding is still not going to happen. I know there are some Republicans who want to do a discharge petition, which would move the legislation to a vote, doing an end around of the speaker. And if that were to happen, it would pass because there's enough Democrats in the House, along with these 10 Republicans and maybe some others who, who would vote for it and vote for funding for, for Ukraine. And that would leave still no border funding, no changes no actual creation of, of a wall, which is really a fence, which is exactly what Border Patrol wants. Nope. It would still just be a discussion. And you would still have progressive leftists telling you that we don't need any of this. This is just proof of our terrible xenophobia. It's, yeah, nothing's going to change. It's just as crazy as it was before. I'm Tony Katz. happy to see the state of Indiana take a look at the idea of Chinese land owned in the state. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. So um, the House had uh, approved a bill that would prohibit any citizen of or entity connected with a foreign adversary from buying agricultural land in Indiana. And a Senate panel approved the bill adding language that prohibits purchase of any land other than residential leases within 50 miles of a military base. To to me, it it is not far enough. If you're connected to the Communist Chinese Party, you can't own land or a business anywhere in the United States. Thank you, Cleveland. Good night. No. (laughs) I, I didn't know this was a tough one. No. You can't do it. You can't have it. Um, three different individuals and firms, and this is reported by Wish TV. Three individuals and firms own 618 acres in Green, Marion, and Noble counties. And then there is a seed company that leases about 170 acres, and these holdings would be grandfathered in. No, 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 no. We're going to sell that for you. Are you are you seriously discussing expropriation, Tony? I am discussing that no communist connection can own land or a business in the state of Indiana or in the United States. Period. Sure, you can call it expropriation. Call it whatever you like. The Constitution is not for the pinko. It's for us. <gasps> Tony said pinko. Yeah. Yeah, it really did. Want me to do it again? It isn't for the commie. It isn't for the communist Chinese. This is different than people who are Chinese. 
you're an American. You buy whatever it is you choose. You're connected to the Communist Party. You get nothing. That's it. No one cares if you're happy. China is the adversary. All communists are the adversary. I didn't know this was a difficult thing to uh, to to notice. Meanwhile, there was something kind of interesting that took place on MSNBC. Oh, God! No, no, it did. It did. It was a conversation being had by Rachel Maddow. I'm not trying to tell a joke. I'm saying it was interesting. A vicious mother, isn't it? Just listen. It was about the very idea of disinformation and she's, uh, Rachel Maddow is talking to this uh, author, uh, McQuaid. Uh, listen. The sort of, I think, meta project in your book is explaining how disinformation works, why people use it, what it looks like when they do use it, sort of how to recognize it in the wild. Do you have faith that us learning this stuff, um, studying it, being able to recognize it, know how it works, is the first step to us no longer being so susceptible to it? So that's the goal, Rachel. I really want to have a national conversation about truth and our commitment to it. My book is actually very patriotic. I'm appealing to people and our commitment to truth because I think we have seen so much in recent years this not only you know con where people are falling for disinformation, but I think we're also seeing people willingly going along with the con. They are choosing tribe over truth. They care more about the ends justifying the means. And so I hope that by dissecting it, explaining it, and educating the public, we can all see disinformation for what it is so that we can begin to push back against it. I think this is very, very important. Barbara McQuaid is is her, her name. And uh, I think it's very important that you go on MSNBC and describe what MSNBC has been doing. The most amazing part about this is in this conversation about people falling for disinformation and people choosing tribe over truth, isn't that exactly how one would describe Joy Reid or Chris Hayes? Or, or Maddow to, to many extents, although I, I, I would admit she is probably more thoughtful than the rest. Ari Melber, former, media, uh, former host Media Son and all the rest, putting tribe over truth. Their argument is, well, it's just the right. Well, you have to recognize disinformation here. We'll tell you who's doing it, but it'll never be us. It is, um, I forget the, the author, I think it was Michael Crichton who, who stated this. Um, you are reading a, a newspaper article, and uh, let's say the newspaper article is about plastics, and you are an expert in plastics. And you read this article, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is all wrong. This is all wrong. No, 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 it's actually this, it's actually that. My God, who wrote this? This is absolutely ridiculous. And then you go about reading the rest of the newspaper and believing every single thing that the rest of the newspaper tells you. The story on the plastics was 100% wrong, and you know this because you have an expertise in plastics, but everything else you just read and accept as gospel. That's exactly, I mean, that, that's a 
real, I think it's Crichton who said that. And so I, I want to give credit where it's due. And if it's not Crichton, if you know, please tell me. It's an unbelievably insightful look. And the question for Barbara McQuaid and Rachel Maddow is, you're applying this to yourself, right? This idea of disinformation. You're applying it to your own people, aren't you? And if not, why not? I'm Tony Katz. headline over at Fox News. A headline so absolutely twisted, I had to go back and double check that I was I was reading it properly. I had to go back and take a look and figure out whether or not I had read what I had just read. This is the headline. Suspect in Georgia nursing student Lakin Riley's death accused of disfiguring skull, according to the affidavit. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, 833-468-8669. got Tony. I, I, I read it a few times. I had no idea what it meant. We know the story. Lake and Riley was a nursing student. Lake and Riley was out for a jog, and Lake and Riley got attacked by an illegal immigrant who had been basically let go in El Paso, who had a record. Supposedly, according to some sources, knew this woman. And clearly beat her so badly, according to the affidavit, This illegal immigrant, quote, did commit the offense of aggravated battery when he maliciously causes bodily harm to another by seriously disfiguring her body or a member thereof by disfiguring her skull. Well, holy hell. What does one say after that? How does one even begin to function after that? Now, this story is only being talked about in the circles of the political right. In the circles of the political left, this story is a conversation of how dangerous it is to go jogging alone. This isn't about jogging alone. This is about what happens when you have absolutely no one at the border who is actually ensuring that the people who come into the country are worthy of being in the country. Well, if you're questioning that, you're a xenophobe. Call me whatever you want. Doesn't matter at all. Some people should not be allowed into the United States. And yes, Joe Biden and the Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas and Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and a host of others have blood on their hands. They have blood on their hands because it's their absolute unwillingness to do something about it that led to this. This is the story, of course. This is the story that the left is super angry that you might notice. They're angry about it. This is Jake Tapper yesterday on CNN. 
So uh, Republicans obviously seizing on this horrific tragedy at the University of Georgia. Um, this girl, this nursing student killed uh, by an undocumented Venezuelan uh, migrant. And they're seizing on this as an example of Biden's failure to protect the American people and to secure the border. Today, President Trump posted on his uh, social media site, Truth Social, quote, when I am your president, we will immediately seal the border, stop the invasion. And on day one, we will begin the largest deportation operation of illegal criminals in American history. May God bless Lake and Riley and her family. That's the poor nursing student that was killed. Our prayers are with you. Your, what's your reaction to that? Well, first, obviously, just stop. Republicans are seizing? Republicans are seizing on the story? That's what the left does. Something happens, the political right talks about it, and then the left says that Republicans seize and Republicans pounce. Right? They don't really care about it. They just see it as good politics. Jake Tapper doesn't know that he's trash. After all this time, this is the guy who went from being Dennis Miller's guy on radio, used to refer to him as Tap Tap. I always thought that was unbelievable. Who else was going to refer to Tapper? I think it was the ABC in those days. That's where he was. Refer to him as Tap Tap. And now he's this guy. I have never met Jake Tapper. I only have one social media interaction with Jake Tapper where Jake Tapper crapped on me so hard without knowing any facts because it was easy to do. And it led to basically 30 hours of social media nonsense. It's not like Jake Tapper can actually move the needle in my life. It just reminded me and showed me what an absolute lowlife Jake Tapper is. No thoughtfulness, no investigative desire, no journalistic integrity. Him and Willie Geist, to hell with both of them. Republicans seize? Republicans seizing on this? This woman is dead and her skull was disfigured because we don't have a border policy worth a damn. Everybody should be seizing on this. Everybody should be saying, we're we're, we're done here. Full border protections. We were talking earlier about how uh, Schumer and Hakeem Jeffries, leader of the Democrats in the House, President Biden, oh, we have to support Ukraine, support Ukraine. You know, we'll get to the border. This story should be dropped in their lap lap, and followed with, now go to hell and do something. Get the legislation passed at least on the building of the border wall. By the way, I'll give CNN credit right now on CNN. They are talking about Lakin Riley and her being killed and about her disfigured skull. Republicans are not seizing. They're talking about what should be talked about. They're doing what they should be doing. And they don't mean Republican, they they mean me. They mean you. This is Jake Tapper attacking you for noticing what's going on, for being disgusted with what's happening. Why is Jake, when Jake Tapper decided to dump a bunch of crap on me, 
it was simple social media stuff. It was easy. He, it, 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 was, it was just weakness, a lack of journalistic integrity, all of it. He's mad at you for noticing that a nursing student died because we don't have a border? He's mad at you for this? And decides to say you're the problem? That's a pretty gross way to treat the people. It's pretty disgusting way to treat the people. It's just a reminder that that, that Jake Tapper is, is amongst some of the most broken of so-called journalists. This isn't journalism. Even when I agree with him, it's clear that he has abandoned journalism. Abandoned the level of, of decency. It is not seizing nor pouncing. This story is a horror show, and we don't want it happening to Lake and Riley. I don't know the woman. We don't want it happening to anybody else. I don't want it happening to your sister, to your niece, to your mother, to your daughter. No one. So why don't we do something uh, about the border? Let me change gears. And engage a story about Hunter Biden which I think is fascinating because I can't figure out if this is shrewd politics or this is unbelievable ego. Hunter Biden did an interview with Axios. Hunter Biden, the son of President Biden. Hunter Biden, uh, the, the drug addict, his words, not mine. Hunter Biden, who lied on a federal forum to purchase a firearm. Hunter Biden, who clearly, based on the evidence that we have, was involved in selling the family name and access in order to get dollars from companies, whether they be in Ukraine or China, etc. I mean, that's just the way it is. If you want to tell me that the 1073 form uh, where it's alleged that uh, $5 million went to Hunter, $5 million went to Joe, uh, and, and it was put forth by this informant, well, the informant is a liar and is now being charged for that, I'll say to you, yes, that's, that's what's happened. Hasn't changed anything else. It did change that. If the informant is indeed lying, that's why you have the investigations. We support the idea of the investigations here. Hunter Biden does an interview with Axios. And the headline is, Hunter Biden sees his sobriety as key to keeping Trump from winning. Huh. He's expressed worry that Republicans' daily attacks and the criminal prosecution, so Biden expresses this, are taking a toll on his family and could even lead to Hunter having a relapse. And Hunter Biden allegedly knows this and telling Axios in an interview that he sees his continued sobriety as crucial not only to his life, but also to ensuring Donald Trump doesn't return to the Oval Office. Quote, most importantly, you have to believe that you're worth the work or you'll never be able to get sober. But I often do think of the profound consequences of failure here. I have something much bigger than even myself at stake. We are in the middle of a fight for the future of democracy. I don't claim any expertise in addiction. None. Zero. Less than zero. It would seem to me 
that if you're stating that I have to be sober or humanity will die, maybe you're putting a little too much pressure on yourself there. I would make the assumption without an expertise that that's not actually healthy. I would take a look at Hunter Biden and say, listen, I think, I do think on a very personal level that you're a scumbag. I I do. But when it comes to addiction, your job is one day at a time, one moment at a time, handling your business and handling yourself and doing the things necessary to help you one day at a time, get to two days, get to three days, get to a week, get to a month, get to a year, get to two years, get to five years, get and live a valuable, productive life where you are not caught up in this horror, which is your addiction to whatever it is. It is, whether it's alcohol, whether it's drugs, whether it's whatever it is. Well, I have to say sober, otherwise democracy ends, might be putting just a little too much pressure on yourself, and I can't imagine that that's healthy. But it's interesting The idea that if Hunter were to slip and it's not like I want such a thing, that would be that would be a weird thing to want. Well, what we need is we need Hunter to start drinking again or doing crack again. And then then uh, we can beat Joe Biden. Man, that's weird. If you believe that, that is super duper weird. But the the is, is there something to it politically that Hunter Biden having an issue would create a value for the political right. And so I started thinking about it when I, when I heard the story yesterday and I have no idea where that is. Where, where, where does Where does one see a value taking place? Where does someone see this having an effect on on Joe Biden's running for office. His family's in disarray. He can't really do this. He can't do it anyway because he doesn't know where he is from day to day. His age is the issue. His policy is the issue. There is a dead woman in Georgia with a disfigured skull. You think the issue is whether or not Hunter Biden is doing coke? I hope Hunter Biden's not doing coke. By the way, I said it on the show and I meant it. If you ask me, the the cocaine they found in the White House, that's Hunter's. He was staying at the White House for a couple weeks. It's his coke. That's what's happening. I just think that the, I think the conversation is super odd. I think that it's it's like a a... a is it a false bravado or is it just absolute delusion? Whatever it is, I hope Hunter can stay clean and, and get himself healthy. I also think Hunter needs to go to jail, but I'll let the investigation on that continue. This is Tony Katz today.
getting on a plane. Heading out to Israel tomorrow. Be there for a week. Eight days? Nine days? Eight days? I guess it depends on how you view the time change and, and everything else. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Find everything going on at TonyKatz.com. Head on over. Become a supporter. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I am... Uh, I'm ready. I'm not concerned. I'm not panicked. I I, I think that you could take a look at uh, any uh, major city in the United States and say, well, I'd be more concerned there or equally as concerned. But there is a war going on. Are we going to see a ceasefire as Joe Biden keeps talking about? I, I don't know. I'm just I'm just less concerned about there because I'm I'm prepared for what's coming. Um, the flight is what is what gets me. The flight is what I find myself concerned about. I don't know. I I really do think I need to knock myself out. Like, like I need to be asleep. More worried about that than 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 anything else. And, and maybe I shouldn't be. But yeah, we're gonna. I'm, I'm gonna be all over the place. We're gonna be sending out dispatches every day. There's gonna be videos, everything else. You can go to TonyCats.com. We'll have it all for you, every last bit of it. Now, now, look. Uh, uh, allow me to be clear. As, as I've had this conversation with my own children, I'm expecting to come back safe and sound and without issues. But if for some reason bad things happen. It was worth it. Israel exists and has the right to exist and should fight to exist. And I've always liked most of you. We'll just leave it there. You're loved. I will talk to you from Israel. Tomorrow, everyone. Take care.